ಹೋ ಅಕ್ಬರಲ್ಲ ಹೋ ಅಕ್ಬರ್ ಹಲೋಲ್ಲ ಎಲ್ಲ ಹಾಯಲ್ಲ ಹಲೋಲ್ಲ ಎಲ್ಲ ಹಾಯಲ್ಲ ಶಹದವನ್ನ ಮೊಹಮ್ಮದ ರಸೂಲಲ್ಲ ಅಶಹದವನ್ನ ಮೊಹಮ್ಮದ ರಸೂಲಲ್ಲ ಹಯ್ಯಾಲ ಸಲ ಹಯ್ಯಾಲ ಸಲ ಬಿಸ್ಮಿಲ್ಲಾಹಿರ್ರಹಮಾನಿರ್ರಹೀಂ Today we are going to look at verses 11-13 of uh, chapter 49 of the Holy Quran. I will only recite the Arabic of the first verse, but I will recite the translation of all three of them. ಯಸ ಇಂಗ್ಲಿಷ್ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ 
O you who believe, let not people laugh at others. In case they may be better than they are, nor let women laugh at other women. In case they are better than they, neither for, uh, neither find fault with your own people, nor nor call each other, oh, nor call one one another by nicknames. Evil is a bad name after faith, and who and whoso turns not these it is that are iniquitous. O you who believe, avoid most of suspicion, for surely suspicion in some cases is a sin, and spy and not, nor let some nor let some of you backbite others. Does one of you like to eat the flesh of his dead brother? You abhor it. And keep your duty to Allah. Surely Allah is often returning to mercy and merciful. O mankind, surely we have created you from a single male and a female. And made you into tribes and families. Only so that you may recognize each other. Surely the noblest of you with Allah is the one who's most dutiful. Surely Allah is knowing and aware. And uh, the Holy Prophet himself said during his last uh, sermon, last Hajj sermon, he said, no Arab is superior to non-Arab. No colored person to a white person. Nor a white person to a colored person. Except in the observance of duty. <clears throat> I've chosen these verses of the Holy Quran because uh, of what happened to Azim Rafiq. And the treatment he received at uh, Yorkshire Cricket Club. Now I recited these verses, but since then, the uh, captain of the Australian team has also had to resign because he'd been sending inappropriate messages uh, to the ladies who uh, work uh, in, in their uh, cricket office or whatever it is. And uh, there are two words which are confused. One is prejudice and the other one is discrimination. Prejudice means that uh, without finding out, without knowing, you just judge people. And we had this uh, um, uh, in 1960s and so on. Immigrants uh, from India and Pakistan started arriving in the UK in late 50s. And um, people of this country had preconceived notions. They'd never met an Indian or a Pakistani or whatever, and yet, you know, they had uh, certain notions uh, uh, about them. I found it amusing that there was uh, uh, an interview of a trade union uh, uh, rep. The trade union was campaigning 
that Asians, Indians, and Pakistanis shouldn't be engaged as conductors on uh, uh, buses in various cities like London and Birmingham and Bradford and so on. And his argument was that the conductors have to work at a certain speed and Indians and Pakistanis can't work at that speed. And what amused me was that it was the same Indians and Pakistanis who'd been fighting for the British in the desert of deserts of uh, North Africa and in jungles of Burma and so on. So they had the appropriate speed to drive tanks and fired machine guns and fired the Japanese and the Germans and the Italians and so on, but not to cut tickets. Now that guy had, had no information on which he based this. And discrimination is actually putting your prejudice into practice. So based on your ill-judged, ill-informed opinion of someone, you then uh, proceed to treat them less favorably than others. It may be one group, it may be uh, an individual and uh, so on. And discrimination takes the, the form of verbal slurs, failure to provide reasonable accommodation or access, media portrayal, as we see about Muslims mostly, uh, preferential pay, hiring or admissions policies and hate crimes and discrimination. And, uh, you know, it can be done by individuals and uh, uh, groups or institutions, as we've seen, seen that um, um, uh, Azim has said that uh, Yorkshire Cricket Club, Cricket Club is institutionally racist, by the way, that uh, he was uh, treated. But I want to share some personal experiences with you because we came to the UK. Uh, the second time we came to the UK, I think it was 1962 or 63. And um, when we would go out looking for accommodation, there'd be notices in windows of, uh, you know, bed and breakfast places and so on. No dogs, no Irish, no blacks. So you can see that Irish and uh, colored people were being categorized with dogs. And uh, it wasn't just uh, a, a sort of, uh, um, in a way, uh, general statements that uh, were made, but uh, people were specifically discriminated against. My mother, who has a master's in economics, a master's in, in, in uh, education, um, and uh, a bachelor in, in teaching, uh, and uh, a bachelor in economics, and uh, a certificate uh, in um, uh, teaching, um, a, a postmaster certificate in teaching from uh, United States. She was uh, picked as a scholar um, uh, by the American uh, government and uh, given a scholarship to go and study in uh, in America. And she was invited for an interview. She applied for a job and she walked in and sat down and there was dead silence. 
And eventually the chairman of the board said, well, we apologize for troubling you, Mrs. Aziz. We looked at your qualifications when we couldn't even imagine that an Asian woman, a Muslim woman, could be so well qualified. We thought it must be an English lady married to a Muslim or, uh, or a Pakistani. And this is the woman who was selected as a Fulbright scholar by the American government and given a scholarship. So he said, uh, 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 so we are not uh, prepared to even interview you, let alone give you a job. And uh, they paid her her traveling expenses and, and sent her uh, home. And uh, to put on record her first job, this Fulbright scholarship in UK was a cleaner in a school. And what happened was that on her first day, she turned up and uh, the school headmistress interviewed her and uh, sort of commented, by the way, that the level of uh, education in Pakistan must be much higher than in India because girls who come from India can't speak English and you speak very good English. And my mother said, well, I was a headmistress and a Fulbright scholar. And the headmistress said, but this job is for cleaning. And she said, yes, degrees and certificates don't put food on the table. So the headmistress sent her home and said, I can't possibly employ you. Um, but uh, she subsequently wrote to my mum and invited her back. To, uh, to to go as a, as a teacher and that was how she got her first uh, teaching job my father he was invited for an interview and the headmaster sat down and said mr aziz i only invited you for an interview because we didn't get any white applicants now because we don't have a teacher you can start work but as soon as we'll keep advertising and as soon as we find um, yeah, a white applicant will dismiss you and that person will uh, uh, take your place. At which point my father um, told him what to do with his job. His first job was as a, as a factory worker. And the interesting thing was that the personnel manager who interviewed him he said, Mr. Aziz, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to interview you for a job as a machine minder because the whole of our board of directors doesn't have, together doesn't have the number of qualifications that you have. But it was fortunate that uh, by accident, the same day my father uh, found that um, a Pakistani teacher had resigned because he was being uh, uh, treated as a teacher's help rather than a teacher and getting paid very little. And he managed to get that, uh, that job. Now, the thing about this society is that, yes, all of this goes on. But when these things are brought to the notice of the people who run the country, they actually try and make changes. So in the 60s, you know, people like our parents and so they didn't go out and kill 
policemen or blow up uh, 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 concerts or anything. They struggled, struggled hard to try and change the system. And eventually the parliament realized and uh, uh, the first Race Relations Act was passed, which said you cannot discriminate on the against a person on the basis of, um, you know, their color and, and, and so on and so forth. But simply passing laws does not change society. It forces them to adopt more sophisticated means of discrimination. If you want to change the society, then you have to educate people. And you Sorry, something's gone wrong with our video. I apologize to people who were listening uh, on the radio uh, that uh, we've lost video and we're trying to get that uh, back. So, uh, um, <clears throat> Perhaps I should break into a song or something to keep the radio listeners entertained while we try and get the uh, the uh, the picture back. I see people are frantically pressing buttons and things. No one seems to be trying the age-old technique when you lose sound or uh, or picture that you go up to your television or whatever it is and you hit it on the side hard with a hammer or something. So, <clears throat> so to get back to uh, to get back to what I was saying, that the parliament makes laws, but they don't basically change the society. Society is only changed by education and through interaction with, with other people. And one way Muslims can advance their cause is by interacting with their neighbors and their friends and their colleagues and so on and so forth. And uh, <clears throat> showing that they are good human beings. Let me give you another personal example. And that is that my brother-in-law, uh, brother Salim, he's an English Muslim. I mean, if you want to be whiter than him, you'll have to buy a, a can of Dulux Brilliant White and paint your face white. You could not get whiter than he is. And yet, whenever he applied under his Muslim name, Salim Ahmed, he wouldn't even get an interview. So, a friend of ours, our mother's, she suggested an experiment. She said, send in two applications, one under the name Salim Ahmed, giving my parents' ad uh, address, and one under the name Paul Johnson, his original name, and give his actual address. Paul Johnson always got an invitation 
do an interview and Saleem Ahmed never did. No, it's the same person. He had the same, both had the same qualifications, the same work experience and, 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 and so on. And that's the point I'm making. You may, you change the laws and you make this an offence uh, to do these things, but society finds other ways of discriminating against, uh, against people. But one problem is that Muslims themselves display prejudice and racism and discrimination. They treat other people like Hindus and Sikhs and so on as somehow inferior to them. There was an incident when um, primary school children were to be taken to a Gurdwara and they were going to offer them coke and crisps and so on. And all the Muslim kids were saying, well, we are forced to go to the Gurdwara because we live in this heathen country, but when you go there, don't touch anything to eat and drink. You will become a heretic. You will go out of the fold of Islam. If this is your attitude, if this is our attitude towards other people living in this country, then why do we expect better treatment? Why do we say that uh, we should not be discriminated against? None of you will remember the Cuban Missile Crisis. Then that's when Cuba was, uh, well, it's still a communist country, but uh, uh, Fidel Castro had taken over Cuba and uh, Americans' uh, spy surveillance flights over Cuba showed that Russians were building missile silos. So a crisis, Americans didn't want Russian nuclear missiles uh, uh, 50 miles from their border. So they blockaded Cuba uh, so that this work could stop and if there were any missiles they, they could be removed and so the surveillance flights increased and one flight showed how the uh, um, the uh, uh, Russian and Cuban Air Force had lined up their planes to fight an American Air Force attack. And the American Air Force officers, where they were laughing, they were saying, look at these photographs, all the uh, aeroplanes are lined up in a line and if we get one jet fighter through and it fires a machine gun, that will destroy all their planes. If we miss any, as a plane explodes, it will destroy the next three uh, lined up next to it. And there was great merriment at the stupidity of the Russians and the Americans until someone suggested, why don't we send up a plane to see how American planes are lined up. And they did. And Americans' planes were lined up on the runway in exactly the same way as the Russian and the, and the, uh, the Cuban ones. The point is this. It's easy 
to pick on other people and their faults and their shortcomings and so on. But sometimes we should try and look in the mirror to see that we don't suffer from the same things. We are rightly proud that we say, Hazrat Bilal Razila who was a slave, who was a black slave. And in that society, that would put you in the lowest category. You could not get any lower than being a slave and a black person at the same time, 1500 years ago in Saudi Arabia. But when the time came to select the first person to call the Azan at the Holy Prophet's mosque, the Holy Prophet chose him. He was the master of the Holy Prophet's household. He looked all the income and expenses and which uh, uh, wife needed what clothes and uh, what food was needed and all that kind of thing. He was also the minister of finance, like the chancellor of the exchequer. But do we get that example today? In many countries, if you don't belong to the majority Muslim sect, people would object to you getting a high-profile job. We have this in, in, in Pakistan. And some minority sects or some sects which are disliked, someone from them, it doesn't matter how able they are, are given a high-profile job, a responsible job, and suddenly there are riots in the streets. Our own Amir, Dr. Abdul Karim Saeed, He's a doctor. He worked in New Zealand. He worked in the UK. Here, I think he was a consultant. But then he left because he wanted to serve Pakistan. And after many years, the government there decided to appoint him as the principal of the, uh, the medical college where he worked. And there were riots in the streets. How can you make a Lahori MD the principal? He's going to teach them Ahmadiyyat. If you want to take someone's appendix out, what's being an Ahmadi or a Jew or a Hindu or anything else got to do with it? All the Pakistani top politicians and military brass and everyone, they come to the UK for medical treatment. Do they say that Cornwall Hospital must employ Muslims to dispense medicine to them, to cook their food, to examine them, to do their, uh, 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 to conduct their operations. Mm. Well, Cornwall Hospital would just tell them to go away and say, you know, we've got our staff and we'll do our best, but you don't dictate to us who we employ. What has that to do? with the skills that are required. Isn't this an example of prejudice and discrimination? Of course it is. But we cannot change the attitude of the local community simply by relying on laws that uh, the parliament passes. We need to show by our own conduct that we are 
better people. That uh, we don't discriminate. We exercise no prejudice. And unfortunately, that is not true. Yes, I agree that uh, Yorkshire Cricket Club should be investigated and punished for uh, treating Azim Rafiq in the way that they did. I agree that it was right to sack the captain of the uh, Australian cricket team for the inappropriate messages that he sent to uh, the females who worked in, uh, in, 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 in that office. Let us go back and end with the verse 11 of chapter 49. O you who believe, let not people laugh at others. They might be better than you. Let not women laugh at other women in case they're better than them. Neither find fault with your own people, nor call one another by nicknames. Evil is a bad name after faith, and whoso turns not, these it is that are iniquitous and I leave you I leave you with this question do you think this description given in this verse of the Holy Quran applies to us or not Marakallahu lada wa lakum fil Quran ilazim wa nafana wa iyaakum bil ayati wa zikri al-hakim innahu ta'ala jawadun kareemun malikun Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Nahmduhu, and Astainuhu, and Astafiruhu, and Nomino Behi, and Atabakalo, and Lahe, and Aul Billahim in Shururi and Fusina, Wamin Sayya, the Amalina, Min Yahdihilah, Hufala, Mudilla, who were made Yudilil Hufala, Hadil. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammadin kama sallata ala Ibrahima wa ala ali Ibrahima innaka Hamidun Majid. Allahumma barik ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammadin kama barakta ala Ibrahima wa ala ali Ibrahima innaka Hamidun Majid. Allahumma ansur man nasara deena Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa jalna وَاخْزُلْ مَنْ خَزَلَ دِينَ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَلَا تَجِئَلْنَّهُ Allah, <laughs> Allah,
المستقيم آمل
Thank you for joining us for our Friday service. My apologies for uh, the error that I made, but I'm sure Allah is forgiving and merciful, even if human beings are not. And uh, the third sajda in the second rakah, it's called uh, prostration to ask for forgiveness for making an error. Sajda sahab. So that was why there was an extra sight. Uh, <clears throat> with a prayer that whoever you are, wherever you may be, may Allah keep all of you safe and sound and free from harm. Assalamu alaikum, khuda hafiz and goodbye.